everybody. We are here uh, Tuesday, July 27th. My name is Kevin Vargo, host, founder of Mid Park Music, Mid Park Music On Air Podcast. We are on air today with my friends from the dirty, dirty South, Houston, Texas, uh, the band Carbide, uh, Lewis and Rogelio coming in. We're going to be getting to that conversation here in just a few moments. Uh, that song there that you heard at the beginning, uh, that was uh, Unlucky, or just a little piece of Unlucky, uh, that uh, is that was the bonus track from the most recent release that the band put out uh, at the end of June. And we're going to listen to that full song here in just a moment. Um, but uh, got a couple things to go over first, of course. Most importantly being this podcast, Uh, and if you didn't notice on social media, uh, I guess really just Instagram, but I had put out uh, the plans going forward. Um, If you didn't notice, there was no episode Friday, no episode yesterday. I'm always on the move with my brain thinking about the next creative thing I want to do. No more episodes other than the artist uh, interviews. And hoping to get to the point where we might even be able to have two of those a week. Um, really building up a number of, of people that, that are bands that are, are interested in communicating with. And I'm, I'm very honored to, to have that uh, going so well. And uh, as I said on, on Instagram, people don't give a fuck what I have to say about uh, ACDC and Led Zeppelin and all that stuff as much as I might want them to. The reality is they don't, and I understand that, uh, that those bands and whatnot have their own coverage and, and everything, and, uh, but people are always looking for new music. They're always looking for local music. They're always looking for cool people uh, to, to root along on the on the journey to success, cool people just like uh, Lewis and Rogelio here. So really excited uh, for the plans going forward with the podcast. Super duper excited for uh, some, some plans. Uh, some things are going to be live on the website this week um, in terms of just more local bands and local music and whatnot. And then uh, in the coming weeks, going to have some really detailed artist management plans that uh, I am super, super proud of, super excited uh, to really get things rolling. And, and uh, the brand uh, Mid Park, well, I guess midpark.com the brand itself is over a year old that was in may uh but uh midpark.com will be live uh for one year on august 5th here coming up was that in about a week or so so lots of good things here solid growth i know you know especially for myself <laughs> it can seem sometimes like things are not moving but they they are um you know i i cast a big net out there uh a year and a half ago and had no idea what i was doing and 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 uh, we're starting to figure things out, but this is the episode is not about me. None of these artist episodes, artist interviews are about me. Uh, this today, of course, like I said, is about uh, these guys here from Carbide. So, uh, just two guys in the band here. Um, so, uh, Lewis on uh, vocals and bass, and then Rogelio on the guitar. Um, really unique combination that they have um, in the sense of their sound and the way they get along. They're funny as hell to interview, and you'll hear a number of times where we're, we're laughing along there in the interview. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, as I always say, I know it sounds really corny, but, uh, you know, I, I just, I really am passionate about when I meet what, at least uh, on the surface, I guess, when I meet people, uh, seems like very good people, um, you know, who are just in it for the true reasons of art and, and, you know, wanting to explore sounds and the things that, uh, you know, that have inspired them for, for years. And there's no doubt that, uh, these two are, right in that same category. So, um, the, 
uh, track that they released, and actually, let me go back a step, uh, and I will mention this, and you'll hear in the conversation, we'll go over it, but I got to touch on before we get into it as well. So I had put uh, a, a piece of, on midpark.com, I put a, a little tab on there where you could submit your music. Um, and I'll, I know, I'll be honest, when I put it out there, I was like, man, I don't know if anybody's going to do this. You know, why would they? I don't, I don't have any who the fuck am I? <laughs> I mean, um, I have that, you know, kind of imposter syndrome a lot, uh, with, with music and, you know, cause I don't have a formal music background or anything like that. And I don't play an instrument, so I don't want people to think I'm just some poser and, and but you know, that's all another conversation. Um, but I put it out and, and these guys and, and Lewis specifically was the one I think that, uh, sent me their, their music. Uh, that's how I found them. Uh, through my website. I, I remember when I saw the email, because I get an email notification. Um, I was like, wow, so I, did somebody seriously just send me this? And I, I looked at it right away. And I was like, oh my gosh, it looks looks like they did, which, um, you know, I know it sounds like a little thing, but kind of just going back to what I was saying in the terms of growth and just being proud of where things are going. Um, you know, that's just something to touch on. So really, really thankful for them. And I'll always remember that in itself. So um, th- what they did send me uh, was... Uh, which now it's about a month old, uh, Homer's Wrecking Crew, uh, which I cannot wait for you to hear the story about that name. Um, but that was the single that they released uh, on June 24th. And then, like I just said, the extra track that was with that was Unlucky. Uh, we're going to listen to uh, Unlucky here, the whole song. Um, like I said, so that was the, the little bit that we heard at the beginning. Now we're going to listen to the whole song. We'll bring it back for just a couple, couple minutes as we always do. Then listen to a full song to take us into the interview. But, uh, like I said, this is unlucky. Uh, this is the bonus track off of the band's uh, most recent single, uh, released this past June. So go ahead and enjoy. Like I said, we'll be back uh, as soon as this one pops off here, uh, just a couple moments, about four and a half minutes. We'll be back.
specifically wanted to uh, play that one and now what we're about to play and in the sequence of what you'll hear at the end as well I don't want to spoil it for them because uh, my, my new thing or at least what I'm trying to if I remember which I can't even remember my name half the time but uh, I'd like to ask you know these bands uh, what they want to hear uh, on these podcasts instead of what I want to hear what I think you know people might want to hear what you know this again is about them and what music they want to put out so uh the last song is going to be one uh is going to be their request um but the the next one that i have here uh is also a bonus track um and this was off of the uh band's uh single release on october 31st which is halloween of 2019 which i'm i'm interested um, i'm seeing is that's a really interesting date because the name of the title uh name of the title the name of the song uh is dracula don't suck uh now that's the single. What we're about to listen to here is the bonus track on that. Uh, it's Pam Macy. Um, I was listening to this one the other day, um, and I was like, "Damn, this is really good." Um, I, I hadn't heard it in detail yet, but uh, after we got off the interview um, when we were when we were speaking, I I, I always do with every band. I just kind of go back and listen to things you know that we talked about, and this was one of them. And this I remember. I was because the phone was in my pocket. I wasn't even sure it was playing, and I was like, "Damn, is this them? That's really good." Um, but I think what we just what we just listened to with "Unlucky," uh, what you'll hear them talk about, uh, in the sense of not wanting to be just stuck to one specific type of rock or hard rock or punk rock uh, type of of genre, uh, the difference in sound and the way that they're you know again you'll hear them talk about their difference in backgrounds and, and, and the technicality of one versus the other. Um, I just think that these two songs that we just heard unlucky and now Pam Macy are really good examples of, uh, 
of their contrast and their ability um, of their really, really good ability. So as always, like I said, we, uh, we listen to the full song here to take us into the interview. Um, if you are interested, uh, if on coming uh, on the Bid Park podcast on the Bid Park music on air podcast, please let me know. Uh, shoot me a DM on Instagram. Uh, shoot me an email as well. Gosh, what am I 50? I'm saying, shoot me, shoot me an email, shoot me a text, you know, you know how that goes. Um, but uh, really excited for these guys um, for you to hold it, hear this whole conversation and to, to just see their growth here over the coming years. Um, and as always, uh, we'll come back for just a couple moments at the end of the conversation, just to wrap everything up. And then uh, we'll hear the songs, uh, the band's song uh, that they request to hear at the end of the episode. So uh, really hope you enjoy. Like I said, we'll be back in about an hour after the episode or after the conversation to wrap up the episode. Uh, again, this is Pam Macy from 2019. Uh, I hope you enjoy and uh, hope you enjoy the whole conversation. She's attractive, she's sexually active, bound to receive 
right, all right. Here we are with another great rock band, uh, this time out of the Houston area. Uh, my good friends who I, uh, I have to touch on here in a moment, they had sent me their music, and we'll get to all that in a minute. But uh, Lewis and Rogelio from Carbide, welcome on in, guys. Appreciate you coming. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. So out of Houston, uh, that's my first question. I don't... Uh, I don't know a whole lot about the music scene in, in that. I don't say in the South. Uh, I was in Nashville for a bit. So, I mean, I guess I understand a little bit of the country scene there, which I don't know if I'm proud to say, but either here nor there. Um, what's the music scene like in Houston? What's it, what's it been like for you guys growing up there? Or are you from there? I guess talk a little bit about that. I mean, I feel like it kind of comes in waves, right? Um, yeah. Back when we were, like, in high school and stuff, metal was, like, a big thing. And it just kind of comes in – there's rotations, you know? It kind of is, like, what the kids are playing now, you know? Um, but but there's always little segments of, of different types of music just, just here and there. You just need to know where to look. I mean, it's a big city, you know? There's, there's a Ooh. lot of – I mean, we, we played punk – Fest, that was a pretty big thing there was a lot of people there I mean, so so it, it just really depends because since the city's so big there's a lot of different people that, diff- that like different things um and i mean if you can organize a show and put it out there you could probably get away with a decent amount of like uh people going out there and, and just checking out what, what's happening especially if they're like if they fall into that niche like uh, one thing i found out like that's surprising at least to me like, when I was in high school, obviously, you said, like, metal was, like, a big thing, right? But once you kind of go out there, like you were saying, like, once you kind of see what's out there, it's quite diverse if you think about it. There's a lot of bands out there, at least as of recent years, like, there's stuff like the shoegazing stuff, you know, you have your your punk scene, you got your, you know, your, your hardcore scene, what they call it, right? Yep. Primo Breakdown and stuff like that. And then, uh, what was the other one that I was getting? The, a lot of indie stuff. Was starting to kind of like take, like not take over, but it, it had a big wave for a while, and then it kind of just sort of started dying off a little bit. So like, at least a music scene in Houston, from what I've seen so far, it comes in the spurts. Like sometimes it's like, hey, you know, it's metal, and sometimes it's like shoegazy. And then there was a time there was kind of like a country thing going on, but not, nothing in like in the local scene at that point. Yeah, it was a little bit more like on the outskirts of mm-hmm. the town and stuff. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, like I said, I just, I don't know. Uh, it wasn't, uh, like good, bad. I'm, I'm just genuinely pretty ignorant, I guess, to the whole, uh, music scene in that area, which is it's cool. To, it's good to know that. And like I said, it's a big city, very big city. Uh, I think what I'm in Chicago, that's the third biggest Houston is the fourth biggest, but they're going in opposite directions. And I think Houston is going to pass Chicago eventually. Um, so it's cool. Are you guys both originally from Chicago or uh, from Houston? <laughs> um, yeah, I was I was born here. My my grandparents on both sides of my family were from Mexico, but I was I was born here. Nice. I was born here too. It's just uh, I had lived some time in Mexico for a good while. So yeah, well, there's a lot different there than it is here though for sure. I bet. At least for like the rock scene, you know what I mean? Because they're into like the Maiden. They're like heavy on Maiden, like Iron Maiden. Like heavy, heavy on that. Yeah, there are. There's also like a a big uh, punk um, scene out there too. 
it, but it, it's the thing about Houston is um you don't really notice the music scene or what's going on musically in Houston until something kind of bubbles up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's also like you know a little, I want to say drowned out, but it's you know the Houston rap scene, you know, where like where basically Drake made his big name, basically where it became big and, and, and stuff like that, like Slim Thug and you know Swisher House and you know all that stuff. Even SPM, where I don't know if you heard of him, but like. It just a lot of people know Houston more for the rap scene more than anything else when it comes to music. The Dirty South. The Dirty South, yeah. Is Paul Wall from Houston? Yeah. Yeah. yeah actually, <laughs> when we recorded our second single, um, he actually showed up to that studio. We recorded at Sugar Hill Studios, and um, our our art, the guy who was mixing our sound and like recording us and stuff, um, they asked him to go move his car, so Paul Wall's like click can kind of park in the same spot. Yeah. Was he sitting yeah. sideways? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What what other way can he sit? <laughs> that uh, that's wild. That's uh, very interesting. Yeah, I, as you were saying that, the only name that popped up in my head was Paul Wall for some reason. <laughs> um, well, that's all great, but we're not here to to talk about the Houston music scene necessarily. We're here to talk about Carbide, which all of that is great. Uh, but you guys uh, specifically, of course. Um, so you just recently released single plus the extra track single homer's wrecking crew plus the extra track unlucky um then there was another single plus extra track release before that and then you had the ep i'm kind of going in reverse time here and then the ep on 2018 let's talk about just your sound in general um it is very all over the place and i mean that in a good way uh, and I think you, you intend for it to be that way. You know, in uh, I read your Spotify bio, you don't like to be uh, necessarily cooped up into one genre like punk or, or something you know similar. So uh, where does that come from and not wanting to fit in any specific box? It kind of comes from like how we put the band together, actually. Like, for instance, like, you know, the inception of the band or like for us jamming and stuff like that, because I met Lewis actually in a previous band that we were in it was strictly like more like pop punk like you know, green day kind of blink 182 sounding like yep and there was a good time where i was trying to put something together for a good while and i was always getting all kinds of different musicians from different spots like some people like a drummer from a metal band uh you know a guitar player from here and there once so like when he came back from where he was at in san marcos we spent some time over there i was like that was easy just to hit him up like because we already had jam before and we were still kind of trying to work some stuff out. And then we had our drummer from our previous band. And we were trying to, like, I guess, revive that in a bit. And it'd be, like, kind of like the pop punk thing we were doing. And then that drummer didn't work out. And then I ended up, um, uh, what do you call it, basically recruiting another guy, uh, which was our, our longtime drummer for a long time. And, uh, you know, a close friend of mine as well. And when we were putting the band together, he was just telling us, like, hey, he doesn't want to play that, that type of pop punk or whatever. That we should create something brand new, and I was like, well, I mean, it depends, because what he was into was more a lot of the Joy Division stuff, like a lot of more like the the indie stuff and stuff like that, where Lewis over here is actually more of a punk rock, you know, background to him, because you know it's like Descendants, you know, uh, Bad Religion, and you know other bands that he's into, and I come primarily from a heavy metal background, like thrash metal, like Megadeth, Metallica, stuff like that. And we kind of, like, you know what, let's try to mesh something together here and see how it works out and, you know, hear everybody's opinion, basically. And then um, 
part when it came to be? Like, the music just kind of came out that way. Yeah, because I remember at first when we were, like, kind of discussing things, um, it was kind of like a thing of, um, hey, what, what, what should we get our sound to be like? What, what do we want this to be? And for me, I kind of refused to follow that because um, my, my favorite thing about collaborating with people is getting ideas that you wouldn't come up with yourself. If your goal is, oh, we're going to make a band that, that has that Dead Kennedy sound and, and you just stick with that, that's, it, it kind of limits the people that you're writing with. And for me, I, I like to get the interesting things. I like to get like, oh, you like this part of this song and it, it, it might be interesting to bring something like that into this other song that we're writing. I, I, I prefer that over just like, yeah, we're going to be a punk rock band and we're going to write punk rock music and everything about us is going to be punk. It kind of defeats the, the purpose of collaboration. Yeah. And yeah. It, was that, you know, it was a good thing that we had the, that same mentality coming into it because, and I got a little taste of that too previously in our previous band because, like I said, I come from like a heavy thrash metal background. And when I joined this other band called Crash in Paradise that was me and Blues and Ryan, where I met them, it was from to come down from this speed a little lower down, you know what I mean? So, like, learning how to just be adaptable, be more pliable when it comes to the music and not feed my ego, right, because I want to play fast and all these solos, but it's more about serving what we're doing as far as the song or, you know, the band and stuff like that. So that's kind of, like, part of the reason why we argued a lot, for sure, about what we were going to write and stuff like that, but the end result ended up being what we, what we have out as far as our EPs goes. And that's just the stuff we have recorded. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I think, for one, it works. That's for sure. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I mean, I love it, obviously. Um, and two, I mean, that is, I think, really a testament to the artistic side of things, um, which you know, I, I really appreciate just as a as a listener um you know i think lewis you follow me on instagram and you know you see i i love john mayer and while john mayer's not necessarily the same you know rock he's kind of the same way and over the course of his albums i mean he's always kind of adapted to a little bit different sound and it's interesting as he uh is with dead and company now it's like the two contrasting fan bases and whatnot and he's always had that, like you just were saying, like not feeding your own ego uh, and knowing, you know, you can you can play, you know, multiple different ways. Um, I think that's I mean, to, for, for you to be able to say that not feeding your own ego is a very huge thing. Um, and I'm sure there well, were. Let's get, this, let's get this straight. I, I, I stroke my ego in different ways. <laughs> I, I don't I don't necessarily need my my bandmates to stroke my ego. Like there's there's other parts of it. <laughs> I, th I think most musicians kind of have that, you know, they kind of have that ego. And I think it's kind of like you need that because you can't just be like, oh, I wrote this song and like, I think it's good. You have to have somewhat of an ego to be like, yeah, I wrote this song. I think it's I think I can play this in front of other people, you know? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I think that's a great point. I think that. that how can I word that? Being able to say it's it's not about my ego, a part that comes with that is being confident in your ego, in, in your own ego, and, and like you just said, knowing what makes you tick and what makes you actually motivated. Um, I think all that is, is very conjoined. Um, so it's interesting. Um, you talked a little bit about the formation and how you guys came together early on there, uh, and you mentioned, and I asked this in all of my all of my interviews, the name, 
where does the name carbide come from? Is there is there any meaning to it, or is it just that sound cool, or what? Uh, a lot of the stuff that happens with us is honestly coincidental, but stuff that we can build off of. And the name was like the very beginning of it, because we mm-hmm. were sitting there trying to trying to come up with a name. And um, my criteria for the name was one, it had to be decently short, like like three to four syllables max, and um, it had to be decent, like like memorable. Like you, you could, oh shit, like like you, you won't think at the end of the day it wasn't like the fuzzy band buddies who play it, like you know something like that. Um, so what ended up happening? We ended the up fuzzy having, Tuesdays, like, huh? the fuzzy Tuesdays eating tacos. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. Right. Um, but but um, ultimately we we ended up having like this talk for a long time. I, I can't remember how long it was, but one time um, Rogelio brought up bolt action, mm-hmm. which was like a rifle, and I thought um, well, what about what bolt action? Was it just bolt action or was it, it bolt action? It was just remember. bolt action, right? Because we wanted something you know cool, right? Obviously something that sounds cool and badass. Right. Oh, okay. So we're kind of working around there. Like, what can we kind of get this related to, like, some kind of, you know, a firearm or something I, like I, that? I basically shortened it to carbine. And his dad was there and he misheard us. He was like, carbine? That's a that's a badass name. <laughs> yeah, because, like, my dad, like, he works in, like, you know, like, in refineries and stuff like that where they have to do some kind of cutting and stuff like that. And he was like, carbide is basically that's a, a type of steel that cuts through other steel. And I was like, what's more badass than steel that cuts through other steel, right? And plus, it kind of it kind of worked out because of how carbide, like tungsten carbide, tends to be a compound of different elements. And I was like, well, it kind of relates to like how my metal stuff, his punk stuff, and his uh, indie stuff kind of mashes together to make this one product. You know what I mean? So I was like, you know, that sounds really cool. It's short. It's marketable, right? You know, and it just kind of stuck around. So. And I mean, with that thing, it's like also, you know, the logos and stuff. I'm not really good with with making like uh, graphics from scratch, but just the idea that I had for what we had, I was still able to somehow manage to make it. And then on top of that, you know, we we have the whole um, the the mascot that we have now, um, and that idea basically came off of what uh, the element tungsten is the W, which stands for Wolfram or Wolframite. Yeah. And um, so we just basically named that guy Wolfram. Like I said, it just all kind of like connected to each other none of this was really planned this is what i love about carbide in general is it's a testament to how collaboration can work to make things interesting without really planning or uh, expecting things yeah fuck man i wasn't expecting to get a chemistry lesson yeah yeah, i guess the person that really made up our name is my dad yeah no that's that is all very uh that's awesome you know that's one of those things where like it's not a it's not like deeply rooted like it's not something that you know you, you guys had didn't you you know since you were five years old and you know the carbide name was calling you it just you know like you said it organically came about but there's still a lot of meaning to it because of all of the multiple you know angles where it was able to connect um it's very and I can, I mean, and this isn't about me, but I can say the same. I mean, with, with my brand and logo and everything, so I totally get it. Um, speaking of names of stuff that is very um, unique, we have Homer's Wrecking Crew. Uh, <laughs> right. I'm going to take credit for all that kind of stuff. No, I, I love it. I love it. So. You know, I'm, I don't even remember what the hell name I just said uh, a, a couple minutes ago talking about, you know, goofy names and whatnot. I just made that up 
you know, off of kind of what you said, but uh, I see it both ways. Like you said, you know, there's bands like one that comes to my mind is ACDC. Super easy to remember, short, the letters, everybody knows that in a hurry. Then there's also the side of like, okay, once you remember something like the name Homer's Wrecking Crew, you're never going to forget it because it's so unique. Uh, so, and if you're listening and you don't know, again, that is the, the name of their most recent single. Uh, what is it? Tell me, tell me the meaning behind it. Okay, so normally, on a normal basis, um, I tend to like start you know, putting a, a riff together, like a guitar riff, and then I'll present it to the band, and then they're like, you know, we'll kind of start working on it. And I have a tendency of just doing the recordings on my phone. And <laughs> it's just so we can remember. So we can remember stuff, right? But once you record it on there, it kind of like tags you kind of where you're at, you know, at a business or something like that. And about a couple houses down the street, there's a, a you know, what, what do they call it? A, a, to, uh, a tow truck, right? Yeah. A, a record, right? And his name is Homer, right? So it kind of tagged us into the to his, his business, which is called Homer's Wrecking, right? And I codenamed it the song. Eh, we'll call it Homer's Wrecking Crew, right? Yeah, because the way we work is when we record those demos, we give them a code name, which is pretty much just like whatever comes off the top of our head. And sometimes it does end up becoming like what I kind of structure the lyrics around. Yeah. So so like Homer's Wrecking Crew was one of those where like that happened. And I, I basically just was like, all right, well, I'm just going to structure the lyrics around this. I, I think I could make something with it. And, um, and it helps that you know, you know, you, everybody knows the Simpsons, right? Oh yeah. So, well, for me also, it was like a. I think like when I first started writing it, because I think I already had part of it written down, but it was like a thing where I was just kind of like, I didn't really. It, it kind of felt wrong the way that people were trying to cancel like characters from the Simpsons and stuff, um, because of like personal experiences. They try to make it like a bigger thing. And so that that kind of like played into the whole thing. It made it, it made it easy to write just because I could focus on that. Because the whole the, the the it's very easy to see like the point of it is like we're not really trying to like the the whole point of the song is to kind of be offensive, but like we're not really meaning to be offensive. I gotta really listen to the lyrics next time. I've 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 jammed to the to the musical side of it. I mean multiple times, and I can hear very very. Uh, distinctly where you're saying homer's wrecking crew i gotta listen to it very very closely now that you've said that you've very much piqued my interest um and that whole story in itself is is fantastic does homer it also it doesn't necessarily stick to that as well because I, I don't like to necessarily write things that are super serious i like to get goofy i like to be entertaining and, and yeah. stuff like that because yeah it does it does have a, like kind of a like a simpsons type like mystique to it yeah. Right. Because there's a certain part of the song where what do you what is that you say right before the solo part? I think it was. Don't have a cow, man. Yeah, don't have a cow or something like that. Which is like a Bart Simpson like type of thing. So you know. Now does uh, Homer the tow truck man know about Homer's wrecking crew the song? Soon, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you should. Do you have uh, Do you have physical copies? Do you have CDs or vinyls or anything? Not for these late. Uh, we we did um an Amazon like on demand thing for the first EP, but we didn't do any for for the singles after that. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's more of like a because the thing is, um, recording music is kind of a big money sink. Oh and yeah. 
getting new stuff back from CDs just isn't isn't really worth it to me. For me, um, more of uh, you get a big, you get a better return, and people actually get something um physical with it if you give them with merch and stuff like that. I prefer doing sales off that because music is just such a sink. Yep. No, I feel I, I mean, I think anybody you know with with a brain would say that for sure. Uh, it's I mean it's nice of course to have the physical copies. Uh you know, and hold those things and actually talk about that on my, my recent. What, what I, well, yeah, what, what, the way that I have things planned now is to do something like the Arctic Monkeys, where we're doing singles and stuff now on our own. And then eventually if we catch a, a label or something, you know, we can make an album with some of those songs we recorded or something, you know, and yep. then with, with a lot of the other extra songs. But like, I, I'm more following kind of what they're doing because I like what they do. It seems like very, very cost effective, but also you still get music and stuff out. You're yeah. still working. Yeah. Who, uh, if you do get merch, you have to put it on Homer's doorstep there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> that'd be fantastic. Um, I actually kind of know the guy, too. So this is, yeah. That's too funny. So, Lewis, you write the lyrics. Yes. For every song? Yes. Gotcha. And you can definitely hear the kind of the contrast between, and again, I use that word not as a bad thing in any way, uh, just the contrast between the punk voice, sort of the more metal, metal rock oriented guitar. Um, but man, it works. It, the, my favorite sound is towards the end of Homer's Wrecking Crew. Uh, you know exactly what I'm talking about when you're shaking your head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> even yeah. we were like, even we were like, wow, this drummer really. Yeah, well, well, that's that's really a testament to Jacob, who who recorded us and also was kind enough to play drums for us. Yeah, yeah, the pace was the pace change, and and you know, I mean, that was sick. Um, who did the artwork? Do you guys do your own artwork as well? Um, yeah, I, I I go around and I um I try to commission people. Um, yeah. some of them for the first for the first um EP. Um, I got I got someone to do it who was like around here, and I pretty much did the rest of the artwork. I kind of get like the art for the things that I can't do, and then the rest of it I I do it myself, kind of like putting the graphics together. But the graphics themselves I I do get some help with occasionally. Although uh, Dragon Little Sucks was, was that that EP or not that EP that single was the art was entirely mine. Like I did all of that art. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, just curious. Always. Um... Well, and the thing is, too, I, I really like good art. Good art, it kind of, like, makes it more of just, like, oh, I'm here for the listening experience, and no, I'm, I'm here for the whole experience. There's other parts to it. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 a lore, in a sense. Wholeheartedly agree. Wholeheartedly agree. Um, now, in the sense of the first EP, if we go back, well, actually, let's, because we'll, we'll, you had just mentioned uh, a little bit about the drum sound and whatnot we'll interject with you are and i think you had mentioned kind of in the process might have somebody in the works of finding a drummer uh what's that whole kind of situation process been like that's kind of my department so i do a lot of the, like the more in-person things right at least for the for the most part right we know everybody does their part right but as far as finding personnel like for instance Lewis, you don't want like to go out and you don't want like to go out and meet people. I, I I lived in San Marcos for a couple of years, so a lot of my bridges and connections kind of uh you know war over time. I feel I, I not. A, lot the, a lot of the face work, you know what I mean? Oh so yeah. Like uh, I, I before we had outsourced a guitar player, we didn't have we had like some people coming in and out, but 
the drummer that we originally had for the first, like, what was that, the first EP that was Dragon Ball Sucks, right? He was on there, too. Um, he's a close friend of mine, right? We went to high school together, but, you know, life happens, and, you know, we ended up having to part ways with him and stuff like that. And it's been... It's been a chore. It's been a chore <laughs> finding somebody that's going to stay, because I've had, like, maybe, like, like, four drummers come in, none of them stick. And then, speaking about the drumming on, uh, a little shout-out for Jacob and the uh, House of Sound and Benny's Productions, right, that he helped us out with that, which I actually became friends with the guy, you know, through some connections, right? And he ended up doing the drumming parts for us on the, on those songs, those tracks for, for free, basically. Yeah, he, he, he volunteered to do them. Yeah. He, he, I mean, the other time we went there for the first EP, he loved our sound, too. Yeah. He, he always kind of, like, every time we're there, he's like, man, it just kind of reminds me of what I used to do and stuff. Yeah. And then, like, as far as now, because he's, no, he has his own band and everything, so it was, like, you know, I can't really bother him too much. I wanted him to join us. Like, man, I don't know how it is. I don't know how we're going to do this, but I want you in my band, right? But having to find somebody else, the guy that I ended up, we got right now, he's actually, uh, he's from Belize, which which adds a little bit more of a flavor to our, our sound because he has his own type of feel to it. Yeah, because he, like, grew up there, right? Like, yeah. he went to school in Belize and stuff. So, yeah, he has a kind of, like, a kind of a... Music a, form. Yeah, kind of like a different tone that he brings to the band. I was like, I, I like this type of thing. Because I can write all kinds of different riffs now at this point. So, uh, as far as him going right now, like he's, it's been a little slow as of recently, right? But you know, kind of get back things to normal and kind of get him worked out on some of the older songs and stuff like that. Which right now, I think he's picking up things pretty well. You know. Yeah, he's he's actually been consistent. I think that's the problem with all the other drummers have is because I feel like we're pretty easy to just jam with because we 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 already have our chemistry with each other after playing together for all these years, and it's just a matter of like, hey. Let's loop you in. Yeah. We we don't we don't necessarily have like such a a high ceiling of like a high ceiling of like the technicality of what you need to play. Yeah, I mean, if anything, we always invite like a different sound. Like, hey, if you like this type of music, bring it in, right? And we can work something with it, kind of make a different mixture. You know, like if you hear our back catalog, like, oh, that's always tell any any musician that comes along that wants to join or jam with us. I'm like, listen to our stuff, right? You can you can hear it that it's it's very diverse. So. Don't be afraid to bring in your own flavor, your own, like, you know, your own ideas and stuff like that. I'm always very pliable to try to make things, you know, fit. Yeah. We're, like we're more than willing to work with what you have. Mm-hmm. You sold me. Shit, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. I finally have. I want to drink. Yeah. Let's take it back in time um, and go, you know, to, to the early days of, of both. Um, either of you can start when, uh, and again, this, you know, this would be before the band, this would be probably before high school or around that time. I don't know. When did music start for, for both of you? Well, you have, you have a little bit more of a history on that one. True. Um, my grandfather was a violinist. Um, he was very well known from like around here down to like parts of Mexico. Um, he pretty much got me into music um a lot of his grandchildren weren't really into music and if they were they didn't really involve him it was just like between them and their parents but um when i wanted my first guitar um he went to mars i don't know if you remember mars or if it was a thing up there but um mars was like this this little music store that was i loved it i loved the mars that we had here because it was it was big it was bigger than any of the guitar centers that we have now but um we went there he bought me my first guitar, which is like a, a mini version of like Slash's little like uh, Sunburst uh, Les Paul. And um, 
from there I went, I took guitar lessons for a couple of years, and then my my parents, you know, stuff, stuff happened, and they couldn't really afford guitar lessons and stuff, so I stopped doing that for years, for, for a long, long time, and it wasn't until, like, high school where I was like, you know what, I want to pick up the bass again, and for some reason, that, that instrument just, I think it's fun. I, I love how you can really get technical with the way you play with your hands, and um, also, it's four strings, like the violin, just a lot bigger. Yeah, but, but yeah, he he. My grandfather was like a, a big name, like around here. He like for a while he had that, that Facebook page. That, someone made a Facebook page. No one in the family, just some random person who saw him. I wanted to document like what he did. Yeah, he made a, He ended up kind of being kind of like a like a public figure because I seen him around the streets too, right? Like everybody knew him, right? And you'll see him like playing his violin and like outside like different shops and stuff like that. And I I you know talked to him a few times, and then. Little that I know, I already knew his grandson. Yeah. So it was like it was a small world, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there's also been other like big Houston artists that have like shouted him out, like Hyro the Hero. He's in one of his music videos. Uh, I think he's in a Chingo Bling music video, and he yeah. he also like um you know sent his grievances when my grandfather passed as well. So it's 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 I I love that I I got to experience that person because he he was he was an amazing person and I. I I love that he gave music to me, and that's that's part of the reason that I I am the way that I am about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, it's it's kind of a I, w- I want to say it's that deep, but <laughs> like for me, like my my dad's always been into music and stuff like that. Maybe not the most talented, I guess you would say, but my mom bought him a guitar one day, and it was the thing was like no one can fucking touch the guitar, right? Don't fucking touch it. Don't even look at it, right? Yeah. You know, I, I dare you fucking look at it, right? Can't play it, but don't touch right. it. Nah, don't even fucking look at it, right? I was like, you know what? <laughs> when you're not here, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to fucking play it, right? Well, I started grabbing it and just kind of like messing with it and just kind of like eventually, you know, it's kind of like how like how, how when you hear a lot of like older school, like, you know, guitar players back in the day who said how they learn how to play music or how to play the guitar. I did it kind of the same way because I'll put on, you know, speaking of ACDCs, which was my one of my favorite bands of all time, like and in that moment too, it was actually my first rock band I've ever heard before. And watching the videos right you see on YouTube, right? Like Angus Young fucking hauling ass and just being this fucking guy, right? And I was like, man, that looks fucking cool. I wanna do that, right? Mm-hmm. And when I started kind of grabbing the guitar a little bit more, it was kind of the same. Like I would listen to records, right? I'll listen to like, you know, HTDC, I'll listen to Black Sabbath, you know, you know, uh, Deep Purple, you know, that kind of stuff, right? And kind of just eventually learning how to how to handle the guitar and then learning things by ear which is, i feel like it's probably one of the better ways to learn just because you get to really like fall just into the instrument even though you don't know how to play it or anything but you'll eventually kind of catch on right and that's how i started how to play and i kind of learned how most guitars would learn backwards in a sense like i learned how to like do more leads and more solos and stuff like that first and then start learning how to do chord progressions and <laughs> rhythm and you know tempo which is a big all right take me. it easy buddy yeah. Yeah. And then like that's what I was kind of kind of into what I was talking about whenever I first met Lewis actually is that you know I I, I spent so much time like learning this like you know metal speed fast intricate. intricate you know techniques and you know all this crazy shit right and then when I joined their band their pop punk band it's like all right take that 180 BPM and bring it down to like 100 you know what I mean yeah. I was like okay that's it is, I'm kind of productive here, right? But it actually ended up helping me in the long run because it helped me like learn how to do power chords right, 
keep a rhythm, right? You know, song structure and stuff like that. So that's kind of how my backstory comes to guitar playing. And I'm very competitive. So there's other people, in, you know, in our high school that were like, you know, these shred masters and all this stuff. So I'd always kind of like try to one up them one one way or another. So it was just just obsessed with the guitar for like such a long time. And that's how my music stuff started. That is um, it's all very cool. Very cool. Uh, I love the the family connection. I mean, you both, you know, I don't think there's, you just said you were kind of, uh, competitive. In this way, there's certainly no competition on, uh, you know, whose is a deeper meaning or what. I mean, it's all, you know, everybody has that that connection that got them there, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. You're saying something? No, no I was just saying about, about the competitiveness. It's more like with other guitar players. Like, I want to be better than them. So it's always like try harder, practice longer, learn yep. that shit differently or learn it better and stuff like that. Yeah. Now... Does your dad know that by now? Oh yeah, like he 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 found out that I broke a string on the guitar, so. Uh oh. <laughs> so, yeah. But there was he was still, he was telling me actually he's like yeah whenever he started picking it up and you just kind of started learning it he's like well it's your guitar now. <laughs> oh yeah, that's I great. Say, actually. That's great. It, it I mean it sounds like you know musically as well. I mean you guys were a great match in the sense of where you were at. Um. You know, it's had a positive impact. You know, like you said, it might have been a little difficult at first to kind of learn things and get over that hump. But once you got there, you know, your sound has progressed together and individually. You've both been able to grow, um, which is always a goal. Um, now, what are your goals as the band? I mean, as you, you know, you just put out the single with uh, with the extra chat. How what do you what do you call that? I mean. Do you call that just a single? <laughs> just, just single plus bonus. Well, one of the questions I have is: Is there any reason behind releasing it like that? Releasing yeah, a cost, single. Cost, it's 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 like the most cost-effective way to kind of just it's cost-effective, and we can keep consistently or not consistently because COVID and all that shit kind of like pushes back. But it, we, the plan is to consistently release singles. And like when we record, we'll record like five songs and then release two from that, and then we, so we'll kind of have a backlog. Yeah, I mean another another thing to that, like a plus side to that, is it gives us the opportunity to do very contrasting tracks. Like for instance, Homer's Wrecking Crew, and then Unlucky are very different from each other. Very different. So that gives us a, an opportunity to continue with our you know diverse sound that we like to you know put together and stuff like that. Yeah. I forgot to mention, so I can absolutely hear the early ACDC influence, uh, for sure, in, in the guitar. Uh, ACDC is one of my favorite bands, big, deep meaning for me, my father as well. Uh, love it. Um, but going back to the goals, you know, we, like I said, got the single out, plus bonus, plus the extra track, whatever we want to call it. <laughs> um, do you plan on a full album? I know you, you hinted earlier that there are things that are uh, out there, perhaps recorded. Um, you know, in the sense of both in the studio and and live, kind of what are your goals going forward? Um, like I said, we just want to consistently keep doing stuff. I I like I like the brand. I like trying to sell it to people. I I like the idea of growing it. I like the idea of growing it beyond music because you know, one one day eventually you know time may take its tone. We won't be able to play as well or my voice not might not be as strong or something i mean you don't know 
So ideally, I'd like to be able. To, I'd like to have the brand be its own thing, with the music on the side, because I, I I love the music. I enjoy doing the music, but realistically, from my experience from from doing music and stuff, things like recording and equipment are just such a big sink. <laughs> just yeah. such a big sink. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like you know, if the opportunity presents itself, you know, if somebody wants to pick us up, you know, on a label or something like that, by all means, right? But I want to say some part of our goal is eventually to put out a full-length album, right? You know, with the proper songs and, you know, stuff like that, with the proper support. But uh, it's just something that we kind of, like, you know, what we talked about before is more in the sense of, like, uh, grow the brand, right? Get to, uh, I want to say, uh, a little bit more stable, I guess you would say, financially, to be able to make that one big push and then have something to follow up along with it. Because I've noticed some of the bands that we have here in the, in the in our scene is that, yeah, they put all this, you know, and they make this one big push, but it's been like five, six, seven years since they put anything else after that. So it's like, you know, I want to be able to put something out and then keep the momentum, and keep the momentum going and stuff like that. So have everything recorded, have everything, you know, get put out. But as far as full-length album, it might be a little while before we do something like that for sure, though, but... But at the same time, uh, who knows? Because we do have stuff on the backlog that we mm-hmm. could pitch if we ever do find someone who does work for a label or something like that. You know, it, it's very open. It's very open, and that's how I like to keep it. it it's it's not like the, our, I'm trying to focus on just one part of it. There, there's a lot of things that I love about it, and there's a lot of things that I want to grow with it. And surprisingly enough, actually, you know, and I guess no one ever really expects this, but. Uh, some of our music, I feel like, has been doing a lot of the talking for us, right? Because uh, people that have heard us, like, for instance, whenever we're, uh, Jonay, which is a person that has been helping us out get shows in the, in the past, right, you know, pre-pandemic, right? Shout out to Jonay. Yeah, shout out to Jonay, because, <laughs> man, and Live, live and Loud. Live and Loud Productions, yeah. Because she's been putting us on, and then uh, she put she actually put us on to the show uh, with the Radolescents. Yeah, I don't know if you know the Adolescents, but uh, the Radolescents are basically... Um, the the drummer and the guitar player from the first Blue album that they put out, and then like a, I think they're like everybody else is also alumni. Like they were also a part of the band at some point. Yeah, and they had a doing like they were doing this tour and Janae is actually she's like look, she told a guy it was like Agnew, it was Rick Agnew, Rick Agnew, right? The guitar player for the album. And he was like look, listen to this band, right? This is kind of like a, a kind of like you she would say a, a kind of a baby version of what you guys are, and they're, they they liked it and they were like yeah we'll have them on and. We ended up opening up for that band it was in January of last year. It was December, December? 2019. Yeah. But um, yeah, that that was also a really nice experience. Getting able, being able to re- meet, ugh, being able to meet Rick Agnew and Casey Royer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I felt like these these people who do punk, they kind of like grow up there. They have this like this this uh, aura around them that's kind of like. I'm punk, you know, I, I do whatever the hell I want. But yeah. he's actually so he, he understands like these people look up to me and and I'm I'm going to treat them right. Like he's he's so good about that. It's awesome. They made that they made that that comment about that Fugazi song that we covered. Yeah, we covered Waiting Room and he loved it. That's awesome. Um kind of uh, along the same vibe there and you gave one there and you uh, I think there was another I don't remember the, her name but shout outs to people that that, that are important. Uh what do you they help out man they help out they do their part yeah what uh is there anybody else that you you know as far as i don't know recording 
uh, anything that you that you want to shout out, which is okay if there's not. Um, I guess Matt Wilhelm, he, he got us into Sugar Hill for a very good price and then did the rest of it at his place. Um, he's the one who did our, our second single little bundle thing. Um, we already shouted out Jacob, Jacob Rodriguez, King Benny Studios. Um, they're amazing. They've been doing some pretty big things. I mean, he he basically grew that studio out of his garage in the backyard. Yeah. But he's recording like big Houston artists like K. Reed and stuff like that. Um, let's see. I, I who who else is really? Janae, man. Janae was a big one. J- Janae was really like. And I mean, also shout out to. Um, I really can't remember all of them, but Punk Fest, you know, like Reagan Era Rejects. Oh, um, yeah, there's all these bands that were like kind of help support us, too. What would happen, especially during that, that show in Punk Fest, um, we were playing, there was two stages. One was inside uh, at the at the regular satellite bar stage, and the other stage was outside, and that sound guy didn't show up. So the bands just kind of like got some PA equipment together and just kind of threw a stage up there. And what ended up happening was, I guess we ended up sucking up so much power that my bass amp was just like... It just it just went out. And um, I gotta say, like I I I really do appreciate a lot of the punk scene, even though like as a whole I kind of like I don't necessarily um I'm not a diehard punk fan like some some people in the scene are, but um I do love and respect the scene, especially for what they did. Yeah, I mean they they, I noticed in that scene that it's very a lot they support each other quite a lot, right? Say for instance if somebody doesn't have an amp or or something like that, like, hey, we got a back, you know, back, you know, back, back line, line and stuff like that. You know, it's always about pushing forward the music. It's always been like that. At least, at least in the punk scene down here in Houston, from what my experience is, it's always been everybody helping out each other, basically. It's cool. Yeah. It's, cool. I don't ever feel like there's any other band or any other, like, you know, production, whatever they call themselves, that are, like, fighting against each other necessarily. It's always, like, you know, like a collective or like collaborators or something like that. So that's one of the things that's like pretty nice about that. So like, it's a lot of people we can shout out. To be honest with you, right? Basically, yeah. Basically, you know, the music punks, you know, the Houston punk scene, the Houston rock scene, so just in general. Gotcha. I love. Yeah, I always want to give people that opportunity. You know, there's, like you said, I'm sure there there are endless amounts of people you could touch on if you who really wanted to yeah. go through everybody. I got to give you guys a shout out. Uh, I know I mentioned it earlier. Um, you know, I have I, I just put up and I still have on there. Uh, a submit your music thing on midpark.com and uh, Carbide was the first band to put theirs in to my website and that meant a lot to me you know personally um, just trying to grow this brand what you guys were just talking about and yeah you know, put that grind man you gotta put that grind in yeah and and just you know being real with it you know and, and, and not trying to just you know, make a buck uh, and DM everybody and say, I need 50 bucks to get you on a podcast or something. I mean, you know, I, I really want to make a connection with bands and in and, and the rock scene all across. So, um, yeah, I, when I, I saw that. I was like, holy shit, it's really cool. Uh, so got to give you guys a shout out there. Um, in the sense of. Like, because I know you, you mentioned financial and that's a big thing for a lot of up-and-coming artists you know there's two two elements to talk about and like a how to support you guys the best and then b what are because we were we were supposed to meet a little bit earlier but one of you guys i don't know which one was coming home from work late oh man yeah so you know i 
I am in the same boat. Uh, do you guys have full-time jobs as well as playing music? Yeah, we kind of have to. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, it's it's really a sink. Um, and it's really hard to, to... If you have momentum, it's easy to roll on it. But if you lose it, then it's kind of like... It, it really puts you back. Yeah, it's like you can take one step forward and easily two to three step back. Yep. Right? Yeah, I don't know if people that aren't in music don't, I mean, realize how little money there is. I mean, until you really make it, until you really... <laughs> At least in the actual music part of it, yeah. Right. right. But like you said, there's there, you know, there's opportunities with branding. There's opportunities a lot of a lot of places in 2021 i mean that's a good thing about technology and being able to do different things i mean we're in different cities we've never met you know in person but we're doing this it's cool but there's definitely that side of it and i mean i like i said i understand myself as well um what uh what anything else i guess that we haven't touched on that you guys want to make sure you hit also it's a little bit more on the financial part too because uh, like you said like about full-time jobs and i was like kind of hefty right Cause I'm a firm believer of like, man, the gear that you use it has to be good. You know what I mean? It can't oh, just yeah. be like your freaking Dean like Line Six amp and stuff like that, which is great for practice. But like, come on, you, you want to get on on the big stage, you're gonna have to get a Marshall stack, you know, something nice, you know, some nice drums, some nice sound and stuff like that. Because, I mean, it does make a better sound for a better experience, and it's always about serving the person that's listening to us too. So, like, I like to cater a lot to the fans. And stuff like that so i do end up talking to quite a few of them in the, you know that want to talk to us after the shows so like i mean for instance like man you gotta have gear man gear for me is a big thing like i'm, I'm a gearhead i can talk about gear all the day actually yeah i'm not i'm not so big on gear as he is i i, I wanted to at least meet the requirements of like this is how i want to sound but i also want to try and get things that are like very not too difficult to replace, you know? <laughs> and a $1,000 guitar, $2,000 guitar, something happens to it, it's like, well, got to show that out again. At least if I want the same thing. Sounds like Lewis wants to get a nice, like, 2012 Honda with, you know, maybe 100,000 miles on it. And a little bit. Rogelio, it sounds like you're, you know, maybe wanting, like, a 2021 uh you tell them, well, shit, I guess we'd be we, we 2022 for the new cars at this point. But uh, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Nothing wrong with that. I'm just giving you a hard time. Yeah. Um, I'm like, the greatest, the greatest and latest. <laughs> yeah, I live, uh, I live super close, like a mile away, maybe a little more down the road from the Chicago Music Exchange. Um, yeah, right down there. And, and Reverb is over there as well, so it's cool. Um, and one other thing i know i wanted to ask uh but i forget at this point but what song now I, this is gonna be tough because uh, i've only done it with one person in the last two interviews but now i've got two of you so i don't know if you'll agree what song would you want on the outro here of the podcast uh, of yours to play i mean really <laughs> I'm I'm down just for like the the that just like that ending of Homer's record. Yeah, I think that's a real actually, good. Just I'm not like, gonna lie, like I was I was thinking the same thing. I think that's just a real a good, powerful. Like, the end of Homer's. Part, yeah, I think it's just <laughs> a real good like last impression kind of thing, you know. I can do that. I can definitely do that. No, I I, I know, 
when we were talking, I mean, we, I, uh, I think we knew exactly what part we were talking about. It's, it is very good. Uh, and I don't want to harp on just that part. I mean, there is a lot of good music in your guys' catalog there outside of just that song. But, of course, that's just the newest one. Um, really appreciate it, guys. I, I, you know, I'm always, like I said, I mean, we've, we've touched on it a few times, you know, trying to expand and, and you know, really highlight people that are, are in it for genuine reasons. And I hate to harp on that word over and over, but I mean, it's, that's the truth. Um, and I, I can feel that with you guys, you know, you, there's, you know, been many kind of key sentences that you've said here and there that, you know, just wrong a, a, a familiar chord in my head as well. No pun intended. Um, is there anything else? I know we kind of cut, I kind of cut you off. There's anything else that it, we haven't touched on that you guys want to touch on as far as your music, your, uh, your life in general. I don't know anything at all. <laughs> what, what is there in my life? That's, that's interesting. I know one thing actually that came to my mind, uh, that I would be curious about. Were you guys there for Harvey? Oh man. Yeah. I, I, I knew we should have left actually. <laughs> nah. I was actually here, but it didn't get bad where, where I was, where I was at. It's, it's, not, it's not so much that we got I got any flooding in my area. It's just, man, the humidity afterwards, man. Like, I don't know if you ever experienced Houston humidity, but goddamn, it's heavy. It's okay. heavy as hell. <laughs> yeah. I'm just curious. I'm, I've always been in, you know, kind of follow weather and whatnot. And, um, so, I, you know, when you said Houston, that's unfortunately one of the first things that always comes to my mind. Uh, man, we got fucked by quite a lot of weather. We got what? the harvey thing right a couple of years ago and then we got we froze over for like what like two weeks or something oh, like that yeah. oh how that was recently yeah, and yeah. Then our power grid's not strong enough um it's a bunch it's a, it's a mess when it comes to the weather down here for some reason how was that because you know me i'm in chicago so obviously it's hard for me to understand you know the 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 not being able to handle the cold but I understand, you know, your houses and things like that aren't prepared. Uh, yeah. what, I mean, God, what was that like? Well, for sure. Like, I mean, you know, cause I've been to like, you know, some spots like in California and stuff like that. And we went, I went out there during the summertime and the guy, we, we, we did a Airbnb, right? Because, you know, that's hotels anymore, right? And we were staying with this dude and he was like, hey, man, it's just kind of a scorcher. And I'm like, like well, I looked at the, 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 therm- the thermostat and I was like, it's, it's 89 and right. not humid. And not humid, right? Uh-huh, and I'm yeah. just like, I come from Houston where it's like 104, 105 oh, no. degrees outside. Uh-uh. Wow, humidity. <laughs> so, like, when it came down to the, the, the freezing over thing, it's kind of like how when, when I went to California, it doesn't rain a lot over there for some reason, right? Obviously, because of where they're at. And when it started raining and this guy I was hanging out with over there, right, he started just driving really slow. And I was like, dude, it's like drizzling. Right, over in Houston, it just it's pouring. I can't see anything. I'm still going like 60, 70 miles an hour on the, on the highway. Yeah, it's not following me. But when it comes to the freezing over thing, since we're not used to it, like if it drops down to like 68 degrees, then we're like we need a jacket and stuff like that. So it was it's like just, it wasn't even that cold. It was cold. Like, it was cold. It was, it was actually yeah. cold. Where other places would be like, yeah, it's kind of cold. Yeah, it was cold there. I mean, it was like 35 or 40, I think. For yeah, a and, then, and then so many people without electricity. And yeah. people that don't know how to drive and, and like, you know, in the frozen over weather like that. So people just crashing all over the place and stuff like that. So, Man. you know, foreign weather that comes down to Houston for some reason. 
But at the very least, you know, for the most part, as long as you had like a house to stay in, if you could bundle up, it, you, you'd, you'd survive, you know. But it, it was it was pretty bad. And I'm I not sure really I like that. I'm not sure I like that description. Uh, <laughs> if you have a house and you could bundle up, you could survive. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it was, it was <laughs> I think that's oversimplifying it, but you know what I mean. You, you, yeah. you would you'd be able to tolerate it. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. I appreciate it. Uh, as a curious <laughs> well, that's well, a good some way. Some people did that though. Didn't yeah, they? They, they, yes. Well, some people. Are, I don't know. They, they, they were like they like lit their grills on the inside, and a lot of people got like carbon monoxide poisoning. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. that happens. Yeah, pretty bad. That yeah, happens, I think, a lot. Like with hurricanes, this season as well. Like people lose their their power, even in Florida and places like they'll. they'll I mean. I don't know if I would, I guess, in panic mode, who knows, you know. But, yeah, you put your uh, your generator inside, you ain't going to last long. Um, but either, either here nor there, that's a good way to roll out. Um, appreciate the heck out of you guys. Um, if you're listening in, obviously, you know all of the, uh, the links and everything will be there in the podcast description. Support these guys any way you can. I hope that you can obviously hear the genuine nature in their voice, talking about their music and their art and their brand and everything. And, that's what it's all about. Um, so, yeah, appreciate you guys. Can't can't wait to keep the relationship going. I'm here for you. I uh, can't wait to see your growth and, and really appreciate you coming up. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, man. We're yeah. excited to, to do all that stuff too, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, mutual, mutual. <laughs> all right. We're, uh, we're going to roll it on out. Appreciate you guys very much coming in from H-Town, from Houston, Atlanta, Vegas, from Paul Wall's town, uh, from, from all the, yeah, all those, all the, the scene down there. But, H uh, down. There you go. Interestingly enough, I googled. Of course, this is always shit I do. I'm so I've always been so interested in just like logistics and and maps and locations and stuff. I don't know why. Since I was a kid, uh, so I <laughs> I googled. Uh, I found. I think I found the true. Uh, Homer's Towing Wrecking Service in Houston, Texas. Just wanted to note that. Um, those guys are really cool. Really, really appreciate them coming on again. That's Lewis uh, and Rogelio there. Um, yeah, uh, and they are carbide uh, out of Houston, Texas. Um, again, you know, as, as this will be the third time I touched on it at the beginning, I touched on it in the conversation itself. And, and just one more time, really cannot appreciate them enough and will always remember that, you know, sending their music over to me just to to check out and um you know i'm happy to root for them and and from here on out you know as i always i always say you know every artist that i have on here is is something special um so um yeah i i hope you enjoy and as you heard uh we are of course if you couldn't tell by the process of elimination and where we were going uh we are going indeed to listen to homer's wrecking crew be sure to listen to the final uh you know 30 seconds or so what they were just talking about there at the end and the part that really rocks out you'll hear it i i promise you'll know exactly what i'm talking about uh, but it's a fan fucking fantastic song it's really really cool the whole song it's about three and a half minutes um but uh that's it like i said that's carbide out of houston texas next week uh this will be the first time uh putting it out always on the episode gonna have happy landings a folk duo out of sweden um i cannot wait for you to hear this one these dudes were the it was the funniest conversation 
um, ever. They, they are, they were like brothers. They're not brothers, but I mean, just the, the conversation, uh, one of them had hiccups, uh, during the conversation. Uh, it, it just, that was part of, you know, just what was so funny and interesting. And, um, you know, like I said, they're from Sweden. So, you know, an interesting perspective in the sense of obviously way different, uh, you know, growing up, but still that musical connection, but, uh, lots of cool stuff there. But, uh, for the moment, uh, this is still, uh, Carbide's time. I want to roll it out here with, uh, with their latest single release, uh, that was on June 24th of this year, uh, which we talked about plenty and, uh, is like I said, a really, really cool track. Please uh, go check it out on Spotify. Give them a like. And as always, everybody, I, you know, got to touch on it one more time. You know, everything is in the podcast description there. Uh, the Instagram, uh, website, uh, all that good stuff. Homer's Wrecking Crew. This is Carbide. That was Carbide in the interview. I hope you enjoyed. My name is Kevin Varga. This is Mid Park Music on Air Podcast. Enjoy Homer's Wrecking Crew.